Hammer, the podcast that hammers down on the issues that matter. I'm your host, Mary-Kate Feeney, and I'm here to bring you thought-provoking discussions and compelling stories from the heart of our community, Framingham. Each episode, we'll explore the incredible individuals and organizations making a real impact and shedding light on the pressing challenges we face. So grab a seat, tune in, and get ready to be informed and empowered. Let's start the conversation. Today's guest is Ron Chick. Ron is one of our biggest advocates for Framingham's trails. He's always ready to give tours, especially of the Carol Getchell Trail, and talk about the possibilities of our trail network. This past January, Ron joined with Leora Malik and I to start the Friends of Framingham Trails. So I'm very excited to have Ron with me today to talk all things trails. How are you, Ron? I'm doing terrific, and thank you for the opportunity to share the insight I've acquired over the last few years of <laughs> yes. trail advocacy. Yeah, no, I'm very excited. So what attracted you to Framingham's trails? The Framingham has a footprint of trails that can be developed, enhanced, promoted. And um, I, I started actually advocacy several years ago with – uh, working with the High School Environmental Club, with Boy Scouts, um, with uh, other community residents creating pollinator gardens on the Kajituate Rail Trail. And, uh, and then I also uh, became Framingham's representative to the Sudbury, Assabet, and Concord Wilds and Scenic Rivers Stewardship Council. It's a... Uh, uh, a committee or council that's supported by the federal government to provide some community oversight on the wild and scenic Sudbury, Assabet, and Concord Rivers. Framingham has a section of the wild and scenic rivers beginning at Danforth Bridge and uh, ending just north of uh, uh, Stonebridge, Potter Road in Framingham. It's approximately a one-mile section. Uh, because of my advocacy for that, I've learned about wild and scenic rivers. I didn't know that the Sudbury River in Saxonville had a federal designation, which is pretty significant, um, until I joined this committee about seven years ago. Um, the section of on in Saxonville on the wild and scenic um, has the Carol Getchell Trail on it. Mm. The Carol Getchell Trail runs approximately one mile for almost the full length of the uh, section in Framingham. The trail is a magnificent nature trail in memory of the former principal of um, the uh, Saxonville School. Stapleton. Stapleton School, named after, I believe, a Mrs. Stapleton at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and Carol uh, was a big advocate for the environment, for the outdoors. And back when I was teaching in Framingham. I, I taught uh, elementary school in Framingham for 35 years, and I collaborated with Carol Getchell on environmental education. And um, we attended different uh, meetings uh, promoting environment, environmental education. And Carol, uh, with her staff, uh, designated the Stapleton School as the environmental school. 
And as part of being the environmental school, they created access to the Sudbury River and then created the Carol Getchell Trail. At one point in time, there was an outdoor amphitheater uh, for students to have environmental education on the river along the trail. So my connection to Carol Getchell goes back several decades. And um, I saw that the trail hasn't been upgraded, enhanced for probably 20 years. And I thought that I can address that. Um, I have a history with it, and I started advocating with the uh, Soasco River Stewardship Council to promote the trail. And as part of that, when the Community Preservation Act came, um, I engaged with the, uh, the council to acquire funding to survey the trail, uh, to promote the trail. And uh, so that's how I got involved with the trails. It was through the Carol Getchell trail, trail. It was through the uh, River Stewardship Council. Um, and so from there, um, I advocated for trails throughout Framingham and then realized that there's more to it. There's, um, to give you a broad overview. Yeah, I was just going to say, not, not to interrupt, but first, I, I think it's important to say that the history of the Carol Getchell Trail, I think a lot of people don't know, and, and who Carol was and why that was important and what the connection is with the schools, and that there's a lot of work that's still happening with the schools back there. Um, and it's part of this wider network, and, and you talk a lot about how Framingham can be a hub of trails in Metro West, and we have all these possibilities. So can you talk a little bit about what you mean by being the hub and what's happening now and what's happening in the future? Uh, Presently, um, I'm part of the Friends of Framingham Trails with, with you and with um, Leora Malik. Um, I'm also uh, originator of the Metro West Greenway Coalition. Metro West Greenway Coalition is an advocacy group to connect the Upper Childs Trail that begins in Milford uh, through Holliston and Sherburn, ending at Whitney Street. Uh, we're advocating for the connectivity of that trail into downtown Framingham. And in our advocacy, we invited the State Department of Transportation, uh, Metropolitan Area Planning Council, um, and this other group called the East Coast Greenway, which I'll refer to later, um, to a meeting about this potential connectivity because it would be pretty dynamic. It would bring Milford to downtown commuter rail. And what we found out at the meeting is that Mass Department of Transportation, their trail division, sees this connectivity as their number one priority in the state. That's amazing. Um, and on top of it, the Metropolitan Area Planning Council has been advocating for this connectivity for over 20 years. Mm. So that between MassDOT and MAPC, They've had this grand vision going back decades, but they didn't have the people on the ground, the community members to support the advocacy to help grow it. And the Metro West Greenway Coalition is hoping to provide that advocacy. We have representatives from Sherburn, Ashland, uh, 
Holliston, Hopkinton, Milford. Um, we just got uh, a Sudbury representative advocating to uh, his group to join us, and we'll be reaching out to Weston and Wayland and encircle the communities around Framingham for this advocacy. And because what's the connectivity? If you can connect Milford through Holliston and Sherbin to downtown Framingham, we have an amazing project going on in downtown Framingham. Mm -hmm. The Chris Walsh Memorial Trail is going to span Farm Pond, cross the pond to the other side with uh, a great vision that the city has to make that a, an impressive recreational hub for the city. Uh, there is already $3 million in funding provided by an earmark from Catherine Clark's office for phase one. There has been uh, a total of about $480,000, $90,000 between state and federal funding. Um, that's Catherine Clark's office and Senate President Spilka's office for conceptual design. That has been in process for well over a year. That's about to be presented to the city. I'm not sure of the timeline, mm -hmm. but something to look out for. And so that will connect downtown Framingham over Farm Pond to um, uh, Dudley Road and then working up Dudley Road towards Mount Waite. And that's a middle section. That eventually will go through the area of Framingham State University. Uh, and cross Route 9 at the footbridge that's already there. From that footbridge, the Bruce Freeman is just on the other side on Pleasant Street. And that begins another, I think, 30 miles of mm -hmm. shared use trail. It's pretty much completed. Sudbury is hardworking on their section. They are, shovels are in the ground. They're working away at it. Um, uh, Mayor Sisiski in the city purchased what's called a right-of-way from CSX Corporation to have access to 3.2 miles of the rail bed that completes the Bruce Freeman Trail, and that travels north um, to Lowell. So what we have is, and, and to answer your question about Trail Hub, we have a very, very strong potential of Milford through downtown Framingham to Sudbury and beyond all the way to Lowell on a shared use trail, a term I, I learned a couple of years ago, and it's basically it's a bicycle trail <laughs> uh, and, uh, and a walking trail combined as opposed to a walking trail, which is, would be a nature trail. For those who don't know the exact, can you tell um, everyone where the Bruce Freeman Trail would run in Framingham? Um, if... Um, from Framingham Center, if you go down Pleasant Street, and just before you get to the Mass Pike Bridge, if you look to the right, you'll see the rail bed. That's where it comes out. Um, I don't know if it's Sunview Drive or... Sun Valley. Sun Valley Drive. It's right opposite Sun Valley Drive. And then it heads north, crosses Edgell Road... Um, and then connects in back of the McAuliffe Library, mm -hmm. right in back of it. Mm -hmm. It's great. You could stop at the library, park your bike, go in and check out a book or sit and read. And then it crosses um, Water Street at the Hemingway School, uh, follows north along Garden in the Woods, and then comes out um, crossing Route 20 in the area of uh, Sudbury Farms.
heading north. So that is the north-south spine, which makes it very dynamic and makes Framingham a trail hub. There are also a lot of east-west connections along the way. Um, a very impressive east-west connection uh, isn't in Framingham. It's in Sudbury, just north of Route 9, and it's called the Mass Central Trail. The Mass Central Trail into, uh, originates in Northampton, mm-hmm. crosses Bruce Freeman, and ends traveling east into um, Wayland and Weston, crosses over Route 128 with funding for the bridge upgrade to cross 128 into Boston. Um, and so that is an, an east-west connection. Yeah, I think, you know, that going through Framingham, the Bruce Freeman, possibilities of Upper Charles, I don't think people realize what a network we have or can have um, and then there are also some other smaller trails. Um, there are Arthur Morrissey Woods, Metcomber. Um, there are these little sections for people to walk on. Yes. And, and uh, before I get to some of the, the individual trails, I do ne- need to give you the grand vision. Yes, please do. The grand vision is something called the East Coast Greenway. Um, that is a north-south trail through the country. Originating in Key West, Florida, traveling through New England, and they like Framingham. They have redesigned their 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 vision, and they have the East Coast Greenway traveling on the Upper Charles Trail to the Chris Wallace Trail to the Bruce Freeman Trail. When the Bruce Freeman Trail intersects with the Mass Central Trail, they're heading east to Boston and then north through New Hampshire and Maine. That is a single-spine north-south trail that's 3,000 miles. It's so exciting. Like, we're going to be part of that network. We're part of that network. And then if you look into the economics of it, there are a couple of studies out there. One is the economic uh, uh, the economic uh, influence that shared-use trails has on communities along the way. That was published about a month ago. Uh, you could probably find that online. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it just it creates jobs. It cre- creates uh, people coming into the communities, uh, uh, local businesses, restaurants, benefit, and it provides prestige to the city. If you go on MassDOT uh, Mass website or you do a little search, economic benefits for Massachusetts shared-use trails, there's a 113-page document that delineates the economic uh, uh, fruit of what a shared-use trail does. So there's a impressive economic support that shared-use trails begins. I think that's an important detail, too, that you know we think of trails purely as recreational, but there's way more to it. It is the economics. It's people going through a community and, you know, wanting to stop for something to eat or to shop, or it's also transportation, but then there are also the health benefits, physical and mental. It's, this isn't the thing about trails. It's, it's not just one thing. It's something that links a whole bunch of issues together. It's well documented that the, the health benefits of, of walking in trails is significant. And the other thing that it does, it brings communities together. Mm-hmm. It connects one part of a city or a town to another part of the city. 
and that will certainly happen in Framingham. The other thing that it does, it, it uh, connects communities that are neighboring and more distant. And so uh, it's just a press, impressive um, attributes that shared use trails begin from health to economic to just recreation that is not expensive, that most people can go out and walk. Shared use trails are typically um, uh, ADA accessible. Um, mobility impaired people can use them. Uh, they're also being used for transportation to go to work, to commute. Um, additionally, with this new uh, electronic or electric uh, version of transportation that we've been seeing with electric bikes and scooters, et cetera, there's going to be a lot of people that will be using these trails in lieu of a vehicle, in, 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 in lieu of a car, and that that'll also help promote a, a more healthy environment and also to promote climate resiliency, mm -hmm. as well as bring people together from various communities. Yeah, I think there's um, there's a this random fact about Framingham um, before the car. So I guess this is about late 1800s. There were more bicycles in Framingham than horses. Uh, we were a very bicycle-centric uh, community, which I find to be fascinating. And so in a way, by becoming a hub of trails, having all these trails, we're embracing something from the past that's kind of in our D DNA. Right. The, the, the need has evolved yeah. um, from, 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 horses, from walking to horses to, to bicycles to um, automobiles and so on. Now it's, it's moving to recognizing the value of uh, uh, walking and bicycle transportation. Yeah, that's great. So speaking about accessibility, why again is access, you kind of touched upon this, but making trails accessible, why is this important? And can you talk a little bit about what your work was with the Getchell Trail to make it more accessible? Um, part of the vision for the Getchell Trail was to make it accessible. My original thought was when, when I, you know, took a hard look at it from the parking lot at Little Farms Road, it's pretty level heading south. And I saw that you could create a boardwalk on the trail for 325 feet and have a beautiful observation platform on the trail. And you could have one um, at Little Farms Road. I brought probably 40 different people to the trail to review, to um, look at the concept. Um, and I listened to their input. And a couple of the key comments were, why are you spending all of this funding on a boardwalk? Mm. When, if you remove that boardwalk, you can travel probably 1,500 feet and create that accessibility um, and have a greater impact. Um, so I, I revised the, the grant application, the CPA grant application, and had it to include um, 1,500 feet of uh, shared use uh, footpath to U.S. forestry standards. And that would be uh, a particular kind of uh, hard pack surface that's also permeable. Uh, and also to replace um, two of the footbridges and put a third observation platform. Uh, the ev evolution of that also got modified in um, interacting with the Conservation Commission and the Community Preservation Committee to look at, look at uh, uh, some adjustments to it. And what I realized is that 
the original grant application was replacing two bridges, but there are four foot four foot bridges that are dysfunctional for uh, accessibility. And so that uh, uh, I took out the third observation platform and instead used the funding to replace all four footbridges that have been degraded for many years and, and, and a couple of them not being particularly safe. And so the grant application will now create 1,500 feet of uh, uh, mobility impaired accessibility, provide an 18 by 20 foot observation uh, platform at Little Farms Road, provide another one at the 325 foot uh, section, but then there's an expansive overlook that doesn't need a platform, but now the, the, the accessibility can continue by replacing all four bridges. It's so important, and, and my hope is that this then now starts setting the standard to look at other trails in Framingham and how we can make those accessible. Now, the question would be uh, taking a hard look at uh, all of the trails in Framingham between Parks and Rec, uh, but mostly through Conservation Department, uh, and see which one of them have the potential for an accessibility upgrade. And uh, the Getchell was one of those for a section of it. I'm sure there are others, and uh, that would be a job to pursue for the uh, Conservation Department, but also the Bicycle Trails and Pedestrian Committee that was newly formed this year um, that would have that as, I would think, one of their uh, initiatives to focus on is to identify trails and then look at accessibility. They can get help from that with, for example, Friends of Framingham Trails, mm -hmm. because that's an evolving advocacy. And we have a, a, a very, very dynamic core group of people. And we have numerous uh, interested individuals that could do that. Talk a little bit about Friends of Framingham Trails. Now, um, Friends of Framingham Trails, it just, it grew with, with, um, Mary Kate Feeney and Leora Malik and myself sitting down for coffee <laughs> yep. and saying, wow, we, we have this advocacy. Um, we, we, we have the wherewithal and the ability for us to articulate a vision to um, encourage and support uh, Framingham's trails, to um, make them more accessible, but to have the community be aware of them to draw people to them, uh, to uh, potentially apply for grant funding for our own enhancement and, and upkeep, um, and even collaborate with others. Um, the Bicycle Trails Pedestrian Committee would be one. Another group is the amazing Keep Framingham Beautiful group. Mm -hmm. They are already on their own initiative, have been going out on some of the trails. Yes. And picking up and helping maintain it. And if you go on Framingham Trails, they look pretty, they're pretty clean. Oh, there's some great crew. Like KFB, they, they have people who are, walk certain trails all the time. Fabulous job. Yeah. And, and so this, this then becomes a community collaboration. Um, and so, uh, you know, the three of us had that vision. We saw that there's friends of Natick Trails, there's friends of Sudbury Trails, there's friends of Hollison Trails, but there are no friends of Framingham Trails. Mm -hmm. And it's basically, why not just do it? 
And, and people have been so excited about it. Um, when we were at the Earth Day Festival, I think maybe this is just me, but I thought we had the most one of the most popular tents because people were so excited to find out about what's out there, what they can do, how they can get involved. And there is, I think we're finally at this point in Framingham where there's the energy and the excitement. And then all of these projects that are going on. And and we're we're recruiting uh, trail ambassadors. Yes, we are. Um, you know, uh, so if, if you're interested in this, uh, think of, for example, a trail that doesn't have to be the trail closest to you. It could be the trail that you feel the most passion for. For example, one of my passions is is obviously the Carol Getchell Trail, but it would be to recruit two, three, four ambassadors for that trail. One of those ambassadors could be somebody from uh, Keep Framingham Beautiful so that you have a collaboration. Uh, people could walk it uh, occasionally to, to just give a brief report um, to the conservation department, to the um, uh, Bicycle Trails Pedestrian Committee, and do some community monitoring of each of the trails so that if you would like to reach out to us, you can go email. <laughs> Framinghamtrails at gmail.com or you can uh, join our Facebook group. For those who are on Facebook, it's Friends of Framingham Trails. You'll join a group of about 900 people who are in that group. We're, we're moving forward uh, and and and... You know, an analogy with Keep Framingham Beautiful, they started with a handful of people. I, th I think they have a thousand. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Definitely more than that, I'd say. And every day people are joining that group. And, and so I'm hoping that we can harness that energy as well with our group. And we've done, um, at the beginning of June, you and Lior did tours of certain trails. Yep. We had we had tours of uh, three trails. Um and um, Carol Getchell Trail, um, the Arthur Morency Woods that I didn't know existed until about two years ago. Mm -hmm. um, it was a, it's a very nice trail in South Framingham, down down off of um, Arthur Street and uh, Grant Street, and then uh, Maycumber uh, Reservation. And uh, on that tour at Maycumber, one of the walkers noticed the. Um, what are they called? The Jack in the Pulpit. Uh, um, they're uh, an endangered orchid that's native to Massachusetts. Oh, wow. And there was a patch of at least six or seven of those. In all my years of trail walking, I have never seen so many in one place. Oh, and, wow. And that's at, at Maycumber. Um, and they were flowering at the time. I'm sure the, the orchid part of it is no longer there, but I do have a photo. Oh, well, I'd like to see that photo. That's very nice. So we have all these projects. We've got the energy. How, and, and I'm sure there are people listening to this going, all right, well, this sounds like it's going to cost a small fortune. And how are we going to get this done? How are we going to get this done, Ron? Um, so much of it can be done without a lot of money. Um, it's advocacy. It's... it's um, being a trail ambassador so that you promote it with the city uh, is communicating with uh, city council, um, the mayor's office, uh, conservation, DPW, parks and rec, and letting them know that you have a voice for trails and you see that as a priority. So that's one step that you can do. 
The other thing you can do is just go walk them. (laughs) Go out and take a walk. And by walking them, you're supporting them, and you're developing a history of advocacy by doing that. Um, The other thing you can do, and and I've had some success with small grants, larger grants. I I had a grant for $1,500 to plant native vegetation along the Carol Getchell Trail. Um, I've had them for $5,000, for $25,000, for surveying the whole trail. And then there are ones that, that are much more, but you don't necessarily need the big numbers to have an impact right away. However, there is big impact numbers that I advocate for. Um, one of the things that I want to do is if you've walked the Kachichua Rail Trail from Natick or like the thousands of people from Natick that have come to School Street and they look at School Street and I've had several Natick people tell me this, there's nothing here, and they turn around. Mm. There's no connectivity. They're missing historic Saxonville. They're missing the restaurants, the coffee shops, um, the economics that that uh, opportunities that are there. Um, and so that uh, one of my advocacies is to continue the Kuchichuit Rail Trail. And how do you do that? We all know the state old state lumber property at uh, two school street um there the perimeter of that trail borders kachichuit brook there is already at least a 10 foot wide formerly asphalt paved now broken up path Mm -hmm. along the perimeter of that property you can walk that and then it intersects with the sudbury river this path again exists now you travel upstream on the Sudbury River and you come out to Concord Street at the floodgates. So that's not something we have access to because that property is under lease by Stop and Shop mm-hmm. for another seven years. So one of the things I intend on doing is contacting Stop and Shop because they could allow people to walk that. But we would have to create the platform that's accessible for people to do it. So that's one big initiative that's evolving. The other is um, two years ago, I collaborated with the Solomon Foundation to connect um, uh, a parcel that the city owns right at Concord Street, just south of the floodgates, to construct a bridge from there up to the Saxonville levee. That levee would be a continuation of the Kachichua Rail Trail in a sense and would be a major attraction because there'd be photos, there'd be maps that come continue, walk Kachichua Brook, the Sudbury River, cross over the, uh, uh, the new bridge span up to the Saxonville levee. And where does that go? That goes to Danforth Street mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at the historic Danforth Bridge and the beginning of the Carol Getchell Trail. The Carol Getchell Trail continues along the wild and scenic Sudbury River, that meets the Western Aqueduct. And where does the Western Aqueduct go? Well, it heads east into Weston Mm -hmm. uh, and multiple trails there, but it also heads west to Knobscot. In Knobscot, it intersects with the Bruce Freeman Trail and back of the McAuliffe Library. Isn't that all amazing? It is amazing, and it's just sitting there. So... 
so where are we at with advocacy? We, we can see where the individual can, can do advocacy just by developing a voice and supporting trails. The other is supporting grant applications. The conceptual design was done by Horsley Witten, funded by the Solomon Foundation, uh, but the price tag on that is $1.2 million to span it. So that would have to uh, uh, receive uh, funding from state, from federal, maybe a little support from the state, or the city rather, uh, with uh, their 20% support. Uh, the other would be continuing the reconstruction of the boardwalk on the, uh, the Carroll Getchell Trail, which has been advocated for by the community and also the Conservation Commission. Um, so that, that is advocacy on the north side of Framingham. On the south side of Framingham, where there's very little access to shared use trails, um, the opportunity to connect the Upper Charles Trail to downtown Framingham and the commuter rail involves multiple communities and we have advocacy from those communities. We're looking to create support from the legislative delegation to support that extension. Um, what we found out is this is a vision that existed for 20 years by Metropolitan Area Planning Council. It's also a vision by Mass Department of Transportation and Mass Trails. So that vision is already there. What we need is the, our legislators to support, to help acquire uh, state and federal funding to do it. I think, you know, people get, you know, they see the big numbers, the millions, right? Like how much, how much money goes into designing or purchasing land. And so there may be a hesitation about, oh, you know, that's a lot of work. And, and but in what you're saying is that it's a partnership between local, state, federal. It's also a partnership with nonprofits that give out grants. And even the smallest amount makes a big difference in promoting trails, continuing trails, maintaining trails, expanding trails. You don't necessarily need the millions, while the millions are great for big projects like Bruce Friedman. Smaller amounts can make a huge difference to things like the Carol Getchell. Right. The, the, the smaller amounts are, uh, activates community connectivity uh, because your voice uh, creates that. And again, you can, you can do the advocacy for, for no cost at all just by being present on the trail and having a voice with, this, with the community. Um, we have a collaboration with, with six communities for the uh, Upper Child's Trail connectivity. They all want it. Um, because it's going to be bringing in trails for them. For example, the, another Community Preservation Act grant uh, that's partially funded is for 103 Guild Road in Framingham. That's a property of 11 acres that opens up ac potential access to the Upper Charles Trail to the neighborhoods in South Framingham. We have the Chris Walsh. That's happening. We have three, $3 million in funding to complete phase one. The conceptual design is nearly complete. We also have the Bruce Freeman. The city paid for that access. The state sees that as another amazing priority because they've been working on the Bruce Freeman connection since, I believe, 1995. This is 28 years of advocacy. Mm -hmm. It was on the map to come through Framingham 28 years ago. 
and we're at the point where it's happening. It's amazing. It just, again, like I said earlier, I think we're just at this moment where people understand the importance of trails and the excitement and the energy and governments are now in line with that. There's more nonprofits to provide the grant money. There is this synergy that's happening and this excitement. And so it, it is just very exciting to be in Framingham right now with this, with this talk. Yes. Well, Ron, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk about trails. So I end all of my interviews with these rapid fire questions. So are you ready? Okay. Framingham is? Um, a dynamic community uh, that's diverse uh, in many ways, that has amazing open space that's underutilized and needs to be captured by the city to continue to be available for future generations. Framingham needs? You, community members, to be advocates for the environment, um, for the community, uh, for collegiality, cooperation, and connecting people uh, along all socioeconomic uh, dimensions of the city, bringing people together, and all of us supporting and growing together. That's one. I love that. What is your favorite place in Framingham? Um, my favorite place um, is on the Sudbury River, but can I do two more? <laughs> <laughs> Getchell Trail, but the Zani property on Guild Road and the amazing opportunity that it opens up for South Framingham, because if we open that up, people don't know it. There's 500 acres of open space that is deeded conservation land that is sitting there that the residents of South Framingham and Framingham in general do not have access to. And I've been there and it is gorgeous. So I agree with that. All right. Final question. And this is the toughest one. Framingham is known for its love of pizza and is home to many different styles and loyal followings. What is your favorite pizza in Framingham? My favorite pizza in Framingham are the ones that I make myself. <laughs> um, I, I do, when I order pizza, I do order Whole Foods. And they used to have a nice special, I believe, on Fridays. You oh. could get two for a very short amount of money. I did not know that. Well, you heard it here first. Yes. All right. And well, <laughs> Two topping pizzas. Well, thank you, Ron, so much. I really appreciate you coming. I'm sure we will have you back on. Maybe we'll do a Trails Q&A um, from our listeners with any questions. Thank you so much. Welcome. Thank you for the opportunity. And that concludes another episode of The Hammer. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to The Hammer Podcast so you never miss out on future discussions. You'll find The Hammer on the Substack app, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. The Hammer Podcast is recorded at the Access Framingham Studios. Big shout out to Jason and his team for all their help every week. Thank you for listening. And remember, believe in Framingham. Framingham.